If you have your Bibles with you, and we encourage you to bring your Bibles, to bring your sword. It says that in Ephesians chapter 6, that the Bible is our sword. So unless you are a black belt and you do Kung Fu, don't bring your Bibles. But please do bring your Bibles with you. In James, in James chapter 4, if you do have your Bibles there, turn there, we're looking at verses 11 through 17. And James, James touches something, really, and it's really simple. This, this is not going to be too long, uh, I hope, but it's real simple, but it's martyrs of the heart. And it's two martyrs of the heart that James focuses on at the end of chapter 4. The first one is fault finding, that's judging one another, criticizing each other. And the second one is self-sufficiency. And what I mean by that is just self-dependence, depending upon yourself, making decisions on your own, excluding God from your decision-making. But, I mean, it's not, it's not just grim and gloom and like, oh, you guys are messing up, you're doing this. But there's a third thing that in James chapter 4, at the end, at the end of chapter 4, that um, James focuses on as well. And there's an alternative. There's a choice for us to make. And, and we're going to look at that uh, tonight. So but before I begin, let me just open us in a quick word of prayer, and we'll begin. Father, Lord, I just thank you for this Friday evening. Uh, I just thank you, Lord, for bringing these teens here tonight. And, and if there's any others on the way, I just pray you just grant them safe travel here. Uh, I just pray you would bless this time. Pray your word would certainly uh, minister to our hearts and let our eyes and our ears be open to receive it well. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, here is the story. Well, not necessarily the story, but I'm just going to read through it. And then we're going to look at the first thing that James talked about, which is fault finding. What is it? Fault. Finding. What? Wow, that's like so dead. Like, fine, fine, fine. What is it? Fault finding. Fault finding. Okay, hey, I'm going to do something. Uh, what, what do firefighters do when there's a fire? Okay, so they fight it, they fight it with what? They fight it with what? Okay, why, why don't they use gasoline? Wait, I can't hear everyone. What? Gasoline causes fire. What else? Okay. What about this side? Why they don't use gasoline? It's gonna. It's explosive. Or it's too expensive. <laughs> so firefighters use what? Okay. To make sure that you guys are still with me, whenever I say firemen. You will say, oh, sharp, hit, sharp guy. So, firemen, what happened to those firemen? Yeah, there were some good firemen out there. All right, very good, very good. All right, James chapter 4, verses 11 through 17. Do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against a brother or a sister or judges his brother or his sister speaks against the law and judges the law 
I'm going to figure out what the law is, what James is referring to. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. Who do you think he's talking about there? Exactamundo. Um, but who are you who judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes away. Has anyone seen a vapor? Have you ever seen a vapor or a mist? Yeah? How does it look? Does, does it stay around for a long time? No, right? So it's almost like, it's like, I don't have gasoline because I'm not a fireman. Uh, very good, very good. Right? So, ooh, that just like hit me right there. Wow. Look at the support laughing at me. So, you see that? Like, that was like really. So, so now here's the vapor. And it's, it's here for a moment, and then it's gone. Um, all right, let's continue. Here for a moment, then gone. Guys, remember what I said? That's the white door. If you want to talk, boom, it's unlocked. Walk through it, seriously. And if you need encouragement to walk through it, I will point you out and direct you to it. Sweet. All right, Number verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do, the, and also do this and that. Who have heard when people say, Lord willing? Have you heard that? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's, that's where they get it from. And that's what they're trying to practice. Verse 16. But as is... But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is what you think? It is sin. So, the first thing that Paul, not Paul, sorry, James, <laughs> making sure you guys are with me and not out with the firemen. Very good. The first thing that James talks about is what? What's, what's the first thing that he is addressing in chapter 11? Not judging, right? Not finding fault. Now, the law that he talks about, what he says, stay with me, he says, Do not speak against one another, brethren. Who he, he who speaks against his, against his brother judges his brother, speaks against the law, and judges the law. Now, just so you know what the law is that James is referring to, um, it's in, you don't have to turn it, but it, it is located in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. And this is what it says, and this is the law given... Uh, to, to Moses for uh, the people of Israel. And it says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you should love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Love your neighbor as yourself. But back to the first thing that James is talking about as far as judging one another, finding fault in each other, and criticizing each other. Why do we criticize People, this is your chance to feedback. This is your to what to look to make yourself look better. Okay, anything else? Why why do we find ourselves criticizing people? Because what? Because we're mean. So, 
Wait, 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 wait. Hey, guys. Same thing. If someone else is sharing something, let's show them that same respect. What are you saying? What you were saying before that, you were saying something, you were, you don't remember, now that's short term memory. Um, okay, because we're jealous of what they have. There's, there's differences, right? You know what she's saying? So that the person who's criticizing, right, is criticizing so that the people who they're criticizing won't have an opportunity to point out what their faults are. And so, so sometimes it's easier, it's easier to pick out faults in other people instead of taking a look at our own self and examining our own faults and our own shortcomings. It's easier to tear one another down instead of looking at yourself and seeing what things in your own life that you need to change. Now, can it be that, you know, we just don't have, uh, I forgot your name, I'm sorry, I'm getting old. Donna, no, you're not Donna. That's Donna. Lydia, got it, gotcha. You know, Lydia said because we're mean. I mean, can it just simply be that, could it just, oh, Donna said, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm getting old, man, like I'm losing my hair, I'm just, you know, so anyway. Honestly, I was in an airport once, seriously, I was in an airport once, and you know that little form that you, well, most of you probably don't fill it up, but the pink little form type thing? But anyway, you remember, the, you know the slot where you have to put your date of birth? Like, my, like I, my date of birth is the 30th of October, but, right on. All right, but my, my date of birth is the 30th of October, but honestly, like, I'm, I'm so terrible with dates, I forgot if it was, did I say the 30th? Okay, 30th, okay. I forgot that if it was the 30, 30th or the 31st. And the only way that, seriously, the only way that sometimes I can remember it's the 30th because Halloween, yes, is on the 31st. You're like, wavelengths, you know. Anyway, um, I'm telling you like, she's, we're on the same wavelength. But seriously, that's the only way I can tell. So anyway, that's a little story I wanted to share. Um, but can it be, honestly guys, can it be that, you know, we just don't have love in us or uh, we just don't want to love our neighbors and that's why we judge? I mean, like, would loving our neighbors mean stepping out of our cliques? Would it mean doing the unpopular thing? Would it mean stepping out of our comfortable zone? I mean, would it actually mean loving someone else more than yourself. Now, do you guys love yourself? What are some things that you do for yourself? Cool my hair. Cool your hair. What else? Dress? Do anyone put on deodorant? Okay, you take a bath. All right. Okay, do you do you like do you take the clothes that's inside your dirty your dirty laundry bags and put them on? No. No. What clothes do you put on? New clothes. So bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Let's talk about those firemen. Oh, you guys are good, you guys are good. In Romans, 
I'm going to read something. Hey, guys, in the front, same thing. You guys want to talk? Door, direction. Sweet. Um, Romans 13. And this is Paul. Paul is just talking about right here how we are to love one another. Uh, it's Romans 13, 8 through 10. He says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for, the, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Remember the law in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, given to Moses by God for the people. And verse 9 he said, For this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And here's the big thing right here. Here's the big thing. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So if someone comes up to you, right, or no, no, let's not say someone come up to you because a lot of times people are cowards and they don't come to you, but they say things behind your back. But if, but if you heard me, Michelo, was talking, if Darren, if Darren, if you heard me was saying, you know, boy, Darren is just lazy person. You know, he wears old to day clothes. He wears the same jeans every Friday night. The same old shirt. Okay, he has a little, he has a little, you know, peculiar scent. Right? So what, Darren, would you, would you, hey guys, seriously, would you, would you, would you get like a sense of love for me? Like, would you feel like, would you feel like I love you like myself? Would anyone else feel love? Would you feel love from an expression like that? James says, do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against his brother judges his brother, speaks against the law, and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. So, you know what happens when we start judging one another? We take on the role of the judge. And James said, the only one who can judge is the one who, can, the one who saves and the one who destroys. The lawgiver. And who, who is that judge? Who? God. Say it. Say it. Who? God. So when we judge, we take on the role of who? God. When we judge and criticize each other, and, and notice this, James is not talking about like civil courts and like judging the courts and like, you know, judging criminal acts and stuff like that. He's talking about that moral relationship that you should have between one another, especially those who are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And so he's saying, you judging, you are actually trying to take on the role of the lawgiver in verse 12. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who's able to save and destroy. And, he, and, and James, you know, really emphasized this, and he says, he says, he says, who you is. No, he doesn't say who you is. That's the behemoth version. But he says, who are you who judge your neighbor? So it's like who you is to say Darren wears the same blue jeans every Friday night. You know, who you is. What about those firemen? Water. Oh, you guys are slipping. Water. All right, now, 
So what's the first thing? What's the first thing James addresses? Remember, there's two hard issues. First one was what? Okay, finding fault, fault finding, judging one another, and the second thing is what? What I said, self. Self-sufficiency. Way to go. All right, this is what I'm going to do. Everyone's giving me like the, the preparation for the cone dive type thing going on. I don't want any cone divers in here, so let's just stand up real quick. Stand up real quick. Don't make no noise. Come on, stand, stand, stand. Stand with me. Stand with me. All right. I know we were sitting for a little while and do a stretch. Do a stretch. Get your stretch out. All right, wiggle those fingers, wiggle those fingers. Let's get a stretch out. What's the first thing that James talks about? And first, fault finding. What's that? So, my goodness. What about those firemen? Very good, very good. Okay, put them down. All right, raise them up again. What was James talking about in verse eleven? Chapter 4? No, in verse 11. Full. All right, all right, put your hands down. Grab a seat, grab a seat. All right, come back to me, come back to me, come back to me, come back to me. How do you feel when someone... How do you feel when someone critis harshly criticizes you? How do you feel? What? You feel bad? What? You feel stupid? Hey, if someone, hey guys, if someone's talking, please show them the same respect that you would show me, right? So and so the hair, because you know we, we that's how we learn. We learn from one another. So you're going to hear some things that may not even come from me, that may come from someone else sitting down. But if you're not listening, you're not going to learn um, some things that you can learn. Okay? So I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk, but you know, just, I'll just point you out, and then you talk, and then everyone have an opportunity to hear what everyone else can say. What are you saying, Donna? What? It makes you feel what? Stupid. Makes you feel stupid? Makes you feel that you don't have like, any real value? Right? So if, if harshly criticizing, if the person who is being judged and harshly criticized feels less valued, feels stupid, feels hurt, they're definitely not experiencing the fulfillment of the law to, for them to be loved as the other person, then why do we do it? Verse 13, James says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Now here, of course, James is talking to uh, the businessmen of the time, uh, these Christian businessmen, who had all their plans together of what they were going to do. Now, you're probably not, you're, you're probably not, you're not at that stage where you know, you're planning business trips or anything like that. But, but you are planning 
different things, and some of you are at different levels where you're either at school and you're looking at what other college I'm gonna go to. Uh, some of you are just at a stage where, hey, I don't know if I'm gonna go to that dance or I wanna go to that concert or I wanna go to that party. Um, or you're making plans that I wanna go and I wanna go to the sleepover. And then what are you gonna do? Well, when I go to the dance, when I go to the sleepover, I wanna talk to such and such and I wanna connect with this person. And hopefully, you know, I can get his number or I can get her number. Oh, and then when I do go to school, I can, now I'm gonna go to school for this degree. And then you decide, okay, how long are you gonna go there for? Well, I'm gonna go to college for four or six years. And then how long are you gonna go to the party? Well, I'm gonna go to the party for maybe two hours and then I'll go to the sleepover afterwards and then, and then I'll come home and then I'll call my friend. And then what's the purpose? Well, maybe if I get the number from, from the girl or the guy, I'll call them and maybe, you know, we could become boyfriends or girlfriends. Or when I go to college, and I got my degree, you know, I'm gonna make a lot of money, right? You have your whole thing planned out, who you're gonna marry, all that stuff, how they're gonna look. And you have it all planned out, but you know the thing that's missing? And this is what, and this is what, and this is what, this is what James talked about, the thing, the thing that's missing. And this, is where, and this is what he says in verse 14. He says, you, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. So you're making all these plans on your own, right? You know, Mr. and Mrs. Independent, you're making all these plans on your own, but yet you do not know what tomorrow's gonna hold. Who knows what's gonna happen tomorrow at 10 o'clock? All right, now, even though there are certain things that are already planned, like say the care kitchen, and some of you, grade nine and 10, guys, you know you're gonna go to the care kitchen, right? You know that I'm gonna go to the care kitchen, but you don't know what's gonna happen on your way to the care kitchen. Or you don't know what's gonna happen when you get at the care kitchen, right? Now, is there anything, first, first warning. Then after that, you can. Uh, she knows. She knows. She knows. She All right. So, is there anything wrong with making goals and making plans? Is there? I mean, we see in we see in Genesis, in Genesis 41. I'm not going to read it, but there's an account where um, Joseph is given a direction through a vision by God to tell Pharaoh how he needs to prepare for the famine, this oncoming famine that's gonna happen. Then we also see in Nehemiah, Nehemiah returns to Israel to rebuild the wall that was broken down and burnt, and he went out early in the night to assess what he needed to do in order to prepare for the wall. So, so, so really there's nothing really bad with making plans or setting goals, but I'm gonna turn over really quick to Proverbs I don't think any fireman is in Proverbs. Water. You guys are really good. We're going to turn to Proverbs 16. Listen to what Proverbs 16.9 says. Listen. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And then in verse 1 of that same chapter, it says, The plans of the heart belongs to man. I just sprayed everywhere. The plans of the heart belong to man but the answer of the tongue is from God. 
So some of you are saying, what is the deal, God? Like, what, make plans? Don't make plans. You want me to make plans? Because even if I make plans, you know, in the end, it's, you know, you're going to direct what the outcome be. So should I make a plan or should I not make a plan? You know what's the problem is when we make plans and we have everything planned out? Says in verse, it says in verse 15, Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this, this and that. As Christians, as believers, our plans should have God at the center. Not on the sidelines, not on the sidelines, sidelines, I can't say lines, la la. Not on the sidelines or out of the game completely. God needs to be at the center of our plants. What were those firemen? The guy's saw you're dying. <laughs> hope, you, hope you won't be the firemen that recall. Like, yeah, there's a fire. Yeah, great. Yeah, where is it? Get some water for the fire. And you know the thing is, I, this is what I find. This is what I find a lot with younger people. Uh, not that I'm that much older, but with younger people, you feel that. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the love. Um, at least you didn't judge me. So, um, this is what I find with a lot of younger people. You know, you feel like you got. You feel like you have your whole life ahead of you. So you can do whatever you want. You can plan whatever you want because you have your whole entire life ahead of you. Who's made plans to be, mar to be married by 25? Who's thinking? 25? <laughs> All right. <laughs> OK. All right. What? <laughs> Some people might not live it that long. All right. Who else? Okay, who had plans? Who had plans to be like, um, say, what are some of your plans? What are some of your plans? Raise your hand. Okay. Prime, be a prime minister. What are some of your other plans? What are some of your other plans? Go to college. What? Meet the Jonas brothers. Wait, 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 wait. I want to hear what Kirk has to say. What? Fly. Fly for the president. All right, so, so guys, come back. At such a young age, guys, come back, come back, come back. At such a young age, you feel like you have your whole entire life ahead of you. You can do whatever you want to do. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times, those plans don't have God anywhere Near them, you know, these are your plans, and there's no God is nowhere in sight, and God needs to be at the center of your plans because, really, in the end, um, He is the one that's going to direct how the outcome of the plan that He has for each one of you, and He has a plan for each one of you. So even though we know that, okay, 
we, God should be at the center. We shouldn't just make plans because we want to make plans and we want to get married at 25 and we want to marry a blonde guy with blue eyes or, you know, tall, dark guy, you know, build and this thing and all that stuff and you want this. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm just <laughs> So that's not a bad thing to aspire. That's not a bad thing to, to want to do. But, but we know this, right? We know that God should be at the center, right? We know that we shouldn't be so self-sufficient, so self-dependent upon ourselves, right, that we need God. We need, we need God to direct us according to his will for our lives. But why do we still plan without God? This is your chance to feedback. Why do we still plan without putting God at the center. Human nature, we think we own our lives. What, I heard what, I heard. We think we're in control. Or we want control. Okay, so it's easier to hold on to something that you can see and not trust something that you cannot see with your, your human eyes. We want control, we want independence, we want power. Right, and that, and that was something that uh, um, Pastor Terrence talked about, things that we want to have, but we can't have it, but we want it. But then God has a better thing in plan for us, and it may not be that thing that we want to have, and it may not be the best thing for us to have. But God, in fact, knows what the best thing is for you, and it may not be getting married at 25 or marrying that millionaire guy, um, right? So, right? So, so just what James. So essentially, James is saying to us. James is saying to us, don't be so full of ourselves. Don't be so full of ourselves to the point where. You know, we feel like we're in control of our lives. We're so self-depending that we don't need God. But instead of getting busy about the things that we want to do, get busy about the things that God would have you to do. Get busy about God's will for your life. And the way to do that is, you know, get into his word. You know, stop kung fu fighting and get, bring your sword and read your word but, and this is what James says, you know, James says, you know, if you know this, if you know this is what you're supposed to do, if you know that you shouldn't be judging one another, right, if you know that you should obey the law, which is, what was the law? What, was the, what, does, what, what does the law say? Love what? Love your neighbor as what? Love your neighbor Nelly as yourself? Love your neighbor sometimes? That's what it says? Love your neighbor as you love yourselves. And this is what James says. If you know this, and if you know that, hey, you shouldn't be making plans, you shouldn't squeeze God outside the picture of your life. And if you, and this is what he says in verse 17. If you know this, he says, therefore, <clears throat> no, actually verse 16 but as it is, you boast in your arrogance 
And that's saying you know what it is, you know what you need to do, but you, you just don't care. I'm still full of myself, I have my plans, I can see, all, I can see what I want to do. I'm going to go to this school, I'm going to go to this college, this is what I want to do, this is here, and this is, what I'm, and this is what I want for my life. And he said, but as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. And it's evil because it's against God and his plan for you. And it's evil because you're turning away from God and you're focusing on yourself. What do firemen do? All right. And this is what he says, verse 17. Verse 17, he says, therefore, he says, verse 17, he says, therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. So James is saying, really simple and direct, that sin is not only doing the wrong thing, but sin is also not doing the right thing. So if you don't cheat on your exam, great. That's really good. You didn't cheat on your exam, right? But if you know of people in your class who have planned and schemed to cheat, you know this, and you don't say nothing, and you let them get away with it, away with it, away with it, you're in fact sinning by omission. And omission means it's like instead of standing up for the right thing to do and just letting it go by, you're actually sinning. sinning. So you're not doing the right thing. Remember from when we started James, James was highlighting three things. He was highlighting gen genuine religion, genuine faith, and genuine wisdom. And the last thing we looked at was faith and, and what, it, what is genuine faith. And genuine faith is active. And we're looking at general, gen genuine wisdom and what genuine wisdom should look like. And if we are Christians, if we are disciples of Christ, who should we look like? Who? Right? If, we're, if, we're, if we claim to be Christians and believers in Christ, we should look like Christ. Did Christ love us? Yes. To the point of what? Yes. To the point of death. Was, was Christ outside the will of God, his Father? No. Did Christ ever, like, stood by when he should have stand against something that was wrong? No. As I close, you know, we call ourselves believers. We can't look like the world. Someone can't look at Michelin and be like, oh, well, looks kind of like the world, you know. Judging Darren with his sand blue jean pants that he wears every Friday night. And I'm picking on Darren because I know he doesn't wear the same blue jeans punch every night. And so, I mean, like, I wear the same shirt a lot on Fridays. You know, the polo shirt with the blue stripe. Jen knows I wear it a lot. Um, <laughs> Jen's like, you should wear a different shirt. <laughs> you know? To the point where she bought me, like, three other shirts and be like, you should wear them, you know. And I'm like, I'm like, it's my youth group shirt, you know. That's what I say. So. She wasn't judging me, no, she was just 
lovingly trying to tell me just wear some more different clothing, you know? So, so someone can look at me and be like, he's Michelot is Christ-like if I'm judging Darren and I'm talking about Darren, I'm criticizing Darren because Darren's a little different and he talks a little different, right? And he socializes a little differently than, than I do. Someone can look at me and say that I'm Christ-like when, when I'm talking with them and not a word of anything that would suggest that I have a relationship with Jesus. Someone can look at me and say I'm Christ-like if I'm in a room or I have my iPod on and I'm listening to music and it has some crazy lyrics on it and there's cussing and all sorts of stuff and I'm right there, I'm not saying nothing, but you know, Michelle is Christ-like. So we're, if we call ourselves believers of Christ and we don't want to look like the, like the world, three things Paul, I'm always saying Paul, I love Paul, three things James, was, James just said was that we need to love one another as ourselves. We can't be dependent outside of God. We must submit to his authority. And we must live and do what is right. Simple. Love one another. Submit to God's authority. Let him be the center of your plans. And not only know what the right thing is to do, but to do the right thing as well. And remember with the match, remember what Paul says, right? You guys are young and you feel that you're going to live forever, right? It does it again, right? Okay, this Paul, Paul says, our lives are but a vapor. It's here for a moment, it's here for a moment, and then eventually it's gone. So let's just pray. And I just hope you guys remember that, all right? Let's pray, let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this time, and I thank you for uh, uh, the attention that uh, the teens gave uh, tonight. And, and I just pray that your word did not just bounce off their heads and just went through one ear and out the next, but I just pray that they would, that they receive your word well and, and with purpose to take your word and and apply it to their lives today. Um, this pearl that they would make you at the center of their lives and everything that they do. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.